Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken my Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples sent out and went toward the tomb. They saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary, but Mary, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. They have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was him. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. At once Mary opened her eyes, and she turned around and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. What are we afraid of? This may sound like a weird question to ask on Easter. This is supposed to be a day of celebration, a day of joy, a day that marks the end of a long, hard journey. And we should enjoy that we have made it. During Advent, we have what's called a blue Christmas service. It's typically done in our chapel. It's a little smaller, but it is to acknowledge those who are not finding themselves particularly joyful or uh, easy to celebrate during the Christmas holiday. It's to acknowledge those who may feel disconnected because they're not in the same joyous spirit as maybe everybody else. We don't really have that for Easter. And we might say that that's Holy Week or certainly Good Friday. But now, with the sun being risen and the songs that we're singing and all the pastel colors and all of the alleluias, what if we are still not there? What if we're still not quite getting it? What if we're more like Mary or those two travelers on the road to Emmaus or the disciple Thomas that we call the doubter. In Mary's story, she tells the disciples what's happened and the disciples are running around kind of in this anxious frenzy, not really knowing what's happening, but also at the same time, not really paying attention to Mary because they're mixed up in their own animosity. They're mixed up in their own confusion, maybe even their own grief. But Mary, Mary just wants to know where Jesus is. They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where he is. As a church, what are we afraid of this Easter season? Membership decline? 
empty seats, our way of life flickering out? Are we afraid of the church dying? Are we afraid of losing Jesus ourselves? I've I've heard it said in the midst of membership decline, I just don't want to lose my God. Of course the church dies. All things die. All things end. What is comfortable now does not last. But something else happens. Something else happens. Something new happens. And we call that resurrection. Is that not what we are about as disciples, as Christians, as a church congregation? Not just something dead coming back to life. More than that, new life rising out of what has been. Jesus does not come back the way that he was. We've actually seen that before. When Jesus visits Lazarus, when Jesus visits some other people, he brings them back to life, what we might call today resuscitation. What Jesus himself goes through, what he experiences, what he becomes is something totally new. But just because Jesus is new does not mean that Jesus doesn't remember us. Jesus remembers everything. And he shows us he remembers everything. For while Mary is so frightened, while she feels so alone, she cannot even recognize who is in front of her. Is it that Jesus is so new? Is it that he's so different, that he's so resurrected that Mary can't recognize him? Or is it Mary's fear and anxiety which have such a hold on her that she cannot realize who is standing right in front of her? This is why the glasses work so well. This is why Lois Lane can't realize that the two important people in her life are not the same person. By a pair of glasses? Really? No. It's not that the disguise is so brilliant. It is because she, who of course represents us, cannot see the truth which is standing right in front of her. We refuse to see. Something, and many times we may not even know what that something is, something stands in front of us, something blocks our vision, something blocks our receiving, something stands in us which disconnects us from Jesus standing right in front of us. We talk a lot about the Easter celebration. We talk a lot about the Easter joy. There is actually in this also what I would call the Easter challenge. In the Gospel of John, way before this story, Jesus is talking about what is going to happen, particularly talking about the crucifixion, the arrest, that he calls it the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, on the surface, he's kind of talking about how he will be arrested, he will be tried, he will be crucified. But, of course, especially in John, which is so 
cosmological and wrapped up in the humanity and the divinity in Jesus and how they are so intertwined and interconnected that he's talking about how all people, again, all people, not just the Jewish people, how all people will be drawn to him. Because when he says this, he is being approached by people who are not Jewish. They've just said, we've heard about Jesus and we have come to see him for ourselves. They have come wanting to see. They have heard something and it has pulled them to make a physical journey to see who this man is. It helps us to see that at the point of Jesus' death and beyond, all people are going to have the opportunity to see and to receive this gift. Jesus' death opens God to all people. And more importantly, Jesus' resurrection. Now, we might call this atonement. It's the idea of Jesus, through what he has done, bringing all people toward God. We might also call it reconciliation. Maybe we've had a personal reconciliation in our lives, reconciling a relationship, reconciling with maybe someone in our family, with a loved one, someone who we have been disconnected with for a period of time. This is part of what Jesus is doing that we lifted up on Good Friday. But reconciliation is not just about bringing us back together with God. The reconciliation, the atonement of Jesus Christ is recognizing that God had never left. That God had been there the entire time. This is the challenge. The challenge is, will we hear Jesus call our name? When the stranger stands before us and says, Mary, Cheryl, Judith, Sarah, Emily, Don, the resurrected Christ knows us by name. The name that encaptures everything that we are, everything that we have done, everywhere that we have been, every dream, every hope, every failure, every stumble. This is what we share when someone says, who are you? And we say, I am all of this in a name. And that is why Jesus calls us by name to remind us I was with you at every one of those moments and I will be with you for all the next. The challenge that we have, the Easter challenge, is that when Jesus continues to seek us out, that we let ourselves be found as who we are. The resurrected Christ appeared to his disciples when they were still hiding in that upper room, when they were still outcasts and fugitives and not knowing what was going to happen if they were going to step out. And then one day Jesus just 
miraculously appears. He appears and the story says he showed them his hands and his side and he said, peace be with you. Now, for whatever reason, Jesus waits until Thomas, the disciple, is not there. Thomas comes home for whatever reason and he hears his disciples, the the disciples, his friends saying, you missed it. We saw Jesus. He was here. He showed us everything and, and he told us it was going to be okay. And Thomas is saying, I won't believe. I don't believe it. I won't believe unless I see it for myself. And for that, we give him a name. Doubter. But think about it. Read this. Read the story, because what happens in the story is Jesus shows up and without any of them saying anything, he reveals himself. All Thomas is saying is, I won't believe unless I see it for myself. But then the story says that a week goes by. Now, imagine a week being stuck in a room. With 10 other guys. Just imagine being stuck with anybody for a week. Can you imagine how long that week must have been about how how little they probably had to do? And 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 Thomas is just thinking of this over and over and over again. But not just that scene. Because earlier on in John. Maybe he was thinking of something else. When Jesus is told that this guy Lazarus uh, is dying or that he is dead, Jesus says to his, his disciples, I will go back and be with him. And the disciples say, you can't go back there. Remember what happened last time? Remember what you said? Remember what they said to you? They said they would stone you to death if you ever showed up again. Thomas is the one who says, let us go so that we may die with him. Can you imagine Thomas turning those words over and over and over again wherever he was when Jesus was crucified? I mean, we know where Peter was. He was outside in the court. He denied him as well. But so did Thomas. And so Thomas is wrestling with this question. Why didn't Jesus wait for me? Why did he not appear to me? And maybe he's giving himself an answer because I wasn't with him. And a week goes by. But then, but then, something changes. Just as miraculously as the last time, Jesus shows up and he says to them all, peace be with you. But I imagine Thomas is sort of standing in the corner by himself, not with the other disciples. And Jesus turns around and he looks at Thomas. And as the story says, he shows his hands and his side. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Because Jesus was with him the entire time. But every now and then. He takes this special moment to remind us. That Jesus knows us. 
But Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you. The challenge of Easter is, will we let Jesus know us? When Jesus calls us by name, will we answer? In the story, The Shawshank Redemption, which I'm convinced is actually Stephen King retelling the Easter story. All of this takes place in a prison. And one of the inmates, Andy Dufresne, who is incarcerated, spends about 20 years there and then escapes. He releases himself from this prison. And one of his dear friends, his best friend, Red, who has been in prison longer than almost anybody by the time he is actually released, he finds that he steps out from one prison into another, which is society. And in the midst of deciding whether or not he will remain a, quote, free person or maybe do something so that he can go back to prison where at least things make sense, he remembers that his friend Andy left a note for him if he was ever released. And he goes and he finds that note and he finds instructions to meet Andy where he has finally uh, left, where he has gone to build his life. And at the end of the note, he says, now, remember, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things and no good thing ever truly dies. Now, the book is a little bit different than the ending of the film. In the book, we see Red get on a bus and travel to this unknown destination. And he says to himself, I hope I can make it across the border I hope that the beach is is as beautiful as I've seen it in my dreams. I hope that I can see my friend and shake his hand. I hope. I hope. Well, when the movie came out, the director said people are going to need more than that. When they have gone on this journey, they're going to need to see that Red made it. They're going to need to see him. We need to see him smile. And all of this takes place. On a beach. Where do we see resurrection? How do we live resurrection? In the midst of what we see ending, in the midst of what we see changing, will we look to the possibility that something new will rise out of what has been? And in the midst of all of that, we are called. By name. And we remember. And our eyes are open. And whatever has been standing in front of us. Blocking our sight. Making that disconnection. Is gone. It is rolled away. Jesus rolls it. Away. Will we answer. When Jesus calls us by name. Will we hope. And so on this day, it has happened. Easter has happened. The one who rises out of the grave, who comes out of the tomb, calls us by name and invites us to keep going with him. Will we accept that challenge? Because what happens next is they do go on that beach. And in the midst of the water, in the midst of breakfast, Jesus says, do you love my people? Then feed them. Do you love my people? Walk with them. 
do you love my people? Call them by name as I have called you by name. So let us go as Easter people and find out the names of others who need to know the story of resurrection. And may we go in resurrection and in joy. Amen. For he is risen. He is risen indeed. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave.